search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Welcome everyone to episode number 79 of the Broken by Concept video and audio podcast. My name is Nathan Mott. I help people get better at jungling in League of Legends. This is Coach Curtis to my right, your left. He helps people get better at the mid lane in League of Legends. If this is the first time you're tuning into a podcast, this podcast is all about breaking down invisible narratives and potentially harmful narratives to make sure you enjoy the solo queue experience better. Would you agree that's what our podcast is about? It's, it's a part of it, yeah. It's a bit of it's part, a of, part it. of it. I can't remember what episode it was. I think we had an episode we literally talked about our definition and lots of examples of invisible narratives yep, broken in down League a of bunch Legends. Of them. I think that was I think it was in the twenties. I think our episode. If you got lost count, man, we've done we've covered a lot of stuff. If, we're gonna make sure that is that your phone? Or my yeah, phone? it's my phone, okay. girls. It's all right. We get lots. Of, I'm a popular person. Okay. So um, we are yeah. So we we love invisible narratives on here, and we break down and yep. and we 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 call bullshit on ourselves, right? Yep. You call bullshit on me and my invisible narratives in solo yep. queue. I mean, because it's hard to identify your own in a way, right? It is, because they're invisible. That's I mean, the point. I've s- I said that one story all the time where I was like stuck at 350 LP. And then I said, Nathan, I'm just, you know, I'm stuck. I hate this game. And then you just come in. I say, Nathan, I need your help. You say, you're dying to a level three It's pretty simple, wasn't it? <laughs> and it's like, it's so interesting. And in my in my mind, the invisible narrative, like yeah. I always die, like yeah. the junglers, their champs is OP, they can always kill me or my junglers never do anything. It's just like basic stuff. Mm. But it's very difficult to be objective about your own gameplay at, at times. And that's why, you know, coaching comes into play and having a friend to check on. Even someone games. like you and I, who we're good at getting into the details, but you can still be blinded to the specifics if you just, they stuck in your own world all the time, right? Yeah, it's brutal. League's a brutal game, man. So the in narrative that we're going to talk about today, I guess it's like one narrative and then stemmed across many other little sprinkles, um, is one by a very popular um, public coach in the League of Legends community, Nice. He has 250,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. Congrats. That's a, that's a big milestone. That's man. huge. It's massive. And this is not just some take from some random person on Twitter, right? Like, this guy has a lot of influence. He's got a lot of history. He's coached for a long time. He's helped a lot of people. He's done lots of great work for the community. He's built his own community of people boot camping and trying to help uh, people get better at the game. He had a take in a recent video, and the emphasis point he had is that there is no incentive, zero incentive, emphasized quite a bit, to play... In diamond and above on the NA solo queue ladder. So we have a lot of NA listeners. I assume that he has a big NA audience as well. Probably majority of the audience. I'll say yep. most of our coaching clients are NA, right? I'd say a solid seventy percent, seventy-five percent, twenty percent EU, ten percent O. Mine's even less. Mine's honestly mine's probably like seventy, twenty-five, five, barely even that. Yeah. I would say that's probably my breakdown. Most as well. of NA, yeah. So he has a lot of influence, and a lot of people are going to watch this video. And obviously, we've seen in the comments a lot of people agreeing with this all that, yeah. right? So again, the take here is that there is no incentive to play in NA and Diamond Plus. So my first thought is like, okay, well, why do why we both play in Diamond Above? I mean, mate, yeah, for a long time, yeah, for a long time. You know, I was Challenger earlier last season, but now I'm playing Orion Master, but still in in, in Os. We still get to play, even if you're a master, you still pop into the occasional 
high elo game and stuff. Sometimes, right? you know, sometimes. sometimes. So I was trying to think, you know, across the year and stuff. And um, why do I enjoy? Because I enjoy. I love it. I love playing. I love the game. I love playing in high high elo games on the Oceanic server. For I mean, this is not just saying like everything's perfect, right? But this is some of the reasons why I enjoy it. When I play against players like Why Not Be Friends, Pabu, Kevy, Barbip, Sybil, those games are so fun because I'm pushed to my limits, chant mastery wise, game knowledge wise, execution wise, the pace of the game. So I'm I'm doing a bit of a comparison between that and playing in Diamond. I do, you know, I have Diamond Smurfs and stuff that I play on, like when we make guides and stuff, right? The pace of the games in Diamond, like I, it's it's a lot different. It's a hugely different. Very field. slow. Very 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 slow. It can be fast at times for the wrong. No, but reasons. it's fast, but slow. Slow. If yeah. that makes it like because the kills don't because they lead not, to anything. That's right. Yeah. And I and we talk a lot about this in our videos. Like you can get a, get a kill, but sometimes a kill won't do much. Like that's just a, a high value kill and low value. Yeah. Like let's say a standard gank, right? I mean, this is specifically for jungle that I've noticed a lot mm, mm. as I've been climbing just with my champ master with Elise and Rexi. Think about how much more impactful a beautifully executed dive is versus just a random just gank, right? Because you deny all the CS and you kill them and the amount of pressure you put on the map is unbelievable. That's what mm. high elo players will do, right? Like mm. high elo is a lot about diving, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. in lower Train elo... Sides, yeah, split map, building waves, diving, yeah. In lower elo, the games just aren't in that pace. Like diamond people yeah. aren't... Like let's say if I'm passing towards a top laner in diamond... Well, like, it's all about wave states. I feel like people in diamond, they don't really understand no. waves. Like yeah. they, they have my good, decent micro. They don't know how to take a good trade. But their understanding of waves in reference to jungle location is shocking. They don't really understand how to build waves, where they should be holding waves. And that limits your options as a jungler big time. When you're going to Master Plus game, GM game, if you're it's not utilizing your slow build Dave, you, you lose. You, you lose the game lose. off your first clear right. sometimes. Yeah. And also as well, um, the junglers also won't see the opportunity to dive. I mean, I did some platinum diamond reviews today. Just huge missed opportunities on just game-winning dives you know you'll yep. you'll double kill them you'll break the tower and you'll deny three four waves yep. like the game's over yep. versus like just going for a, he went for a mid gank instead and that doesn't net yeah, you not anything. coherent with the wing con no and that's a big one i think wing con assessment in diamond is is abysmal it's basically non-existent i would especially low diamond low diamond wing con assessment is basically non-existent yeah so I love the pace of the game. So I love getting pushed. He also focuses me to focus more on champ mastery. I get to mm. learn new things. I get to get exposed on a lot of like maybe weakness aspects. It's like, let's say, uh, for example, I, I I looked at one of my games yesterday and I I was playing against, I think it was like one or something, or, or I think it was Pabu. And he, I had to support Rome to um, a top play. And the enemy, like, this is my support, yeah, yeah, run yeah. to a top play, right? And I didn't think it's like, well, think about it from the enemy jungler's perspective. If he sees my support top, what's the first thing you, you think? Dive bot. Dive bot, dive right? Bot. So, I could have counter ganked that and defended that play, right, right. but I stuck around and I didn't respect that they. that's what he would do. Right, he didn't put the pieces together. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. missed that aspect. because like, that's what he would do in that situation. That makes a lot of sense. That's a good play. That's a really good play. And yeah. then I instantly lose the game from that type stuff. Yep. You know? So then like, the AD carry gets too far behind. They lose, they, they lose bot tower. He loses like four waves. Yep. And it's just getting to review. Yep. Yep. So stuff like situations like that, I love those situations and those things yeah. push in the pace and think about how quick you got to think about that. Like that's so much fun. And and if I was to counter that play, how rewarding that is, right? That's like, I just wow. outplayed it's checkmate, you, right? yeah, checkmate. It's, it's like you're playing real chess in a way. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, it's funny you say that because I've got, um, 
Well, this is, you know, to, to be completely transparent, I would say most of my clients are in platinum, below diamond, I would say the majority. And then you have a decent amount of diamond and, and, and some master plus. But it's interesting because the people that are master plus, so shout out to like, say, Niall, for example, um, Mysterious, um, 610, these people commonly will say to me, like, this is the most fun I've ever had in League of Legends. That's your without so it, it, like without a doubt yeah. with, with my high reload clients they have the most fun with the game and it's actually interesting the lower elo you get the less fun they have i would say there a huge reason for that and that's why i emphasize at the beginning is because they have so many invisible narratives that just makes the game miserable well you know you know what like i want to be a bit em- empathic here for the average player because you know understanding the consequences of your actions in a game it's not intuitive like, it's not obvious how, like, you make one mistake. And so, so for example, say you're a, I'm a, I'm a random um, Diamond 4 mid laner. And I hold the wave on my side, and I think that I'm doing something that is good for me. But then, like, the enemy mid laner, like, roams, and, and with that, wet, like, little bit of room. And, okay, I'll give you an even more specific example. A common, a very, a common champion that people struggle against in mid lane is Katarina. And um, I have a mantra in the MLA. Whenever you're versing Katarina, you want to slow build waves and you want to harass them under tower. And then generally, you're only ever going to freeze the wave if you're immediately receiving a gank. Otherwise, you never freeze versus Katarina because they're just going to leave, right? And, and, and if you look at my reviews from people that had never versed Katarina, like they're not good at versing Katarina, they always freeze, right? They'll allow themselves to get shoved in. And they think that they're doing a really good job because, oh, you know, I can walk past the wave. I can harass the Katarina and she can't like do anything. But then in those games, what happens? The cat just said, great, fine. You're not harassing me. I can just go go to your bot lane, kill your bot lane, do whatever I want. I don't need farm. All I need to do is get a kill or two. And then I'm snowballed. Now, the interesting thing here is that these players are in diamond. You have to then drop your ego and say, "Um, wow, this, this did give me an advantage in the 1v1. But holistically in this game, this wasn't the best strategy. So... But what people's default response is, whether it's, you know, culturally in the league community or what streamers push, you know, is that it's, oh, you know, my bot lane, they don't listen to pings or, um, you know, my bot lane always just, they don't listen to me or my bot lane was losing, blah, 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 blah. Or they'll just skim over the fact that their mid laner just roam bot and then they'll just say, oh, but, but look what I did at this time. Look at this team fight I got here. That team fight doesn't just matter. It doesn't mean jack shit, dude. You allowed your Katarina, the enemy Katarina to snowball the enemy bot lane it's end of review a lot of the time off that one play. And, but it, that's not, in a way, it's first of all, not intuitive because you've got to play the game for the next 20 minutes and then in the review, pinpoint that moment. Exact moment yeah. And then also it's, it's hard to drop your ego and be like, well, yeah, you did do some good things, man. And um, you know, they're definitely, some of those things are replicable. But this thing here was so big that that's, it hurts people to admit that. It's very difficult. It's not easy. And I, that's why I'm empathic in a way. And I can see how for someone who doesn't have those really good quality review habits or doesn't understand how they can um, influence a game with very small decisions, why they would default to like not really having fun with the game. Because in a way, it's all out of their control. And if right. something's out of your control, why would you want to play a game that's out of your control? Mm. But what we've realized is that, you know, and obviously being high for so long and really thinking about these things, it's very easy to pinpoint these moments where the game has gone in a different reality. Like the way I view it, it's like a tree. It's like a branch. And like the game can go many different ways. And you're at one of these like little nodes. You make the decision to let Katarina roam equals this yep, part. Yep, different of the path game. of it. The game's... Com- now, that game is going in a very different direction from that one moment. I'm a jungler. I show on the map. Now the game goes this direction. Yep. 
I forced myself into a trade side of the situation, which I really didn't want to get into. That's the reality of the game. But in order to even get to that point of within a review or have that as your mindset, you got to be incredibly curious, mm. right? You got to be curious. You got to be introspective. You got to love the game. You want to have a a, a an eagerness to learn and learn. Yeah, more you got to have game. a great relationship with the game. It's not easy. It's no. definitely not easy. Um, so that's something we really have to remember as we're like kind of breaking down this this argument in a way. It's it's you can easily see if you didn't have a growth mindset or didn't review have a great review process i could see how diamond plus would be pretty miserable because you're just going to be stuck there right? right um so sorry i interrupted you what were you so no i mean that was good you, okay. you you were going on to i think now i want to ask you is like what do you enjoy about playing in in, Di- in diamond and above yeah i mean look at the end of the day because you have commented before on the podcast is that you can't focus in diamond games. You have like yeah, this, this... I have a mental block. You have a mental block. Well, like you got, play worse. I play worse because the game is in my... Like, I can't play in diamond. It's so boring for yeah, me. And yeah. this is... Look, this sounds awful. It sounds incredibly egotistical. <laughs> and I already get you know get roasted for this. But, you know, for someone who... For the people who are listening that are the high yellow clients, yeah. you know, people who do listen to this podcast that are in, you know, GM Plus, you know, you can kind of resonate in a way. You don't want to verse a diamond player and shit on them and just be like there's no satisfaction the, y- yeah. y- it's like you're going to the, the playground and bullying and this is okay this it's is like one. pick up baskets Michael Jordan jumping on like some yeah, pick up someone, man, or you know? your soul two member Who? roasted me for that so Who? I'm doing my guide for Casio right because oh, really? in preseason Q times are not that great Yeah. so I had to do my guide on Casio on my like it was I was playing in like Ma- diamond one like master yeah. games and I first Joe laugh right ah, okay. and um, I just d- destroyed this diamond one mid laner yeah. um, and like I think I went like I was going like 13 into every game like most of my games like i was like just dominating 1v9ing on casio and then um for my guide and then joe laugh was on the enemy team like one of your clients and then he was saying curtis um oh why are you you're smurfing in like you're, oh, screw you whatever you're smurfing on my mid laner and i just like made a meme of him i said smurfing in master tier question mark like mm. how's that it's funny like smurfing in master tier you wouldn't really think that like no. smurf- you would say smurfing in, in gold, gold yeah but like smurfing in master tier right mm. And then he's like, yeah, but that you're the equivalent of like Michael Jordan going to like, he literally said that you're yeah. like a pro bas- NBA player going into, um, into like a pickup basketball game, which I found really interesting. He mm. uses like the same analogy. But anyway, what people don't, this is one of the, I guess the fundamental underlying concepts that I don't think people understand is that, um, okay, let's say how many divisions are there between um, platinum, no, say gold, f- platinum four to master. That's eight divisions, right? Eight divisions. So that's, well, they would say that eight, roughly 800 LP, if not maybe a little bit more because there's promotions maybe a little bit. So they say 900 LP-ish, roughly. So the interesting thing here is that we know if anyone who's climbed from Platinum 4 to Master Tier or to Diamond 1, let's say just Diamond 1, that is a mom- that's a hu- mo- monumental climb. Or let's say even gold four to diamond four. That is a huge climb, right? There's a lot of people listening who've done that journey. It's brutal. You're a different person in a way from when you're in gold four to diamond four. You you have a completely different view of the game. That's 800 LP. Now, I want you to put yourself in the shoes of a master tier zero LP player now versing an 800 LP player. The difference is just as big. Mm. It is huge. Mm. So I finished like I peaked like 1.1k on my server. If I verse a low master player, it's 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 like I'm versing you know an, it's like a normal game. Like the difference is that big that people don't grasp it. They think that the game is like solved in a way when you get to Diamond Four. There is a whole different 
game awaiting you. In a way, the analogy I used in one of my videos was that when you climb from Master Plus is that in a way, Master is the base camp of Mount Everest. So like in a way, it, it, you know, you climb all like your little mountains and stuff. And then now you're at base camp. That's where the journey, but this is where League of Legends actually begins. And I want to really clarify my, my stance on this because I think a lot of people misinterpret this is that League of Legends, this way you got to view it is like, I don't believe you're really playing League of Legends before Master Tier because what you're doing below Master Tier is that everyone is simply capitalizing on everyone's inadequacies at the game because people's mental stack is so overwhelmed that they don't really understand like the intricacies of the game. Like they've got a very one-dimensional view of the game. And what happens when everyone in the game, in say, let's take a random Diamond 3 game, everyone's got a very limited view of the game. Um, and there's many ways to get to Diamond 4. And I'm not. this is not to shit on any Diamond player. Like that's a, It's a very great and i've said this in one of the other podcasts it's a very very great achievement but for the sake of this you know really breaking in my point here once you get once you get to master Deer, everyone's pretty competent like people understand all the concepts of training like, sites there won't the map. be like basic errors in terms of like someone engaging with four people in their team in base you know it's like yeah those like don't the really basic happen. mistakes are kind of weeded out in a way they still happen they still happen not as not as often yeah. and like i would say if if you get those games where they, you know you get a decent master tier game where like a lot of people are trying on their main champs like it's a you know there's a lot there's a decent a lot of decent stuff there mm. and now it's not about me capitalizing on x person's mistakes i actually have to think the next step ahead because i know this guy's not just going to let me hit skill shots. You need him. to you need to create an advantage somehow. You need somehow. to be proactive. So to, I'll use an example, right? I'll use a perfect example. If I'm playing, say, Cassiopeia, let's talk, we'll talk about the exact same matchup. Let's say I'm playing a Cassiopeia versus a Master Tier Victor, and then a Cassiopeia versus a Diamond Three Victor. Like when I'm versing the Diamond Three Victor, I'm just gonna win, and you can win just by like because they're pretty mechanically incompetent, like they're still going to make a lot of tethering mistakes. You're probably going to be able to get in range to do a Q and you're going to get the movement speed. You can kind of, like they're going to let you get the shove as well because they're not really understanding the matchups in depth. Once you get to master, do you versus like a solid master, like a mid main victor main in master tier, they won't let you get the shove level one. They won't randomly allow you to, you can't just do a simple times Q with the last hit. They're not going to do that. But in diamond, you can. You can do a simple last hit, like Q time with the with the last hit, and you're going to hit it most of the time. So now I have to think, well, shit. If they're not if they're not going to allow me to hit this Q, what do I have to do? Now I have to get creative. Now I have to maybe I have to go for an R flash here, or instead I have to actually give shove. I have to go for a tempo reset. I, I might have to like use a TP to a side lane, whatever it might be. I have to get creative here, and that is where my entire Casio setup got created because I realized if you play the stock standard way of Casio with Leandri's glass cannon, when you first a very competent control mage player, it will not work. There is no counterplay to a very good Orianna. But with these, with this setup, there is creative options that you can do. That is where it was spawned. It would never have been, I wouldn't have figured it out if I didn't actually like have experience playing Cassio at a high level because I wouldn't have been tested because mm, I knew that it didn't it work. Because yeah. I played a shit ton of Cassio in high elo like in challenge games last season yep. with this glass cannon build and I stopped playing because it just didn't work. Like against a great Victor, Oriana, Syndra, you can't play the game in lane. You'll get dominated. So you got to find a creative way to get out of it and that's where the Ignite comes in the early aggression. So in a way, I'm forced to be creative because I'm versing better quality opponents and that is so fun. That is so beautiful. That is what I love about League of Legends, like creativity. The creativity aspect doesn't even come into play until, again, until everyone has the fundamentals down pat. Mm -hmm. 
And you, most people, in my experience, crushing EU and NA Diamond, they don't really have the fundamentals down, but they don't even understand a basic win con at D2. You can't, they can't even break down. They can't even tell you how to win this game from D2. Mm. It doesn't really get going until Master Tier. Mm. So that's my take on kind of like why Master Plus... We're not even talking Diamond. I'm not even talking Master Plus. Like this, Master Plus is where the fun really begins. Yeah. At least in my experience playing. So lots of the other benefits we've talked about on this podcast in terms of where we think his league is a beautiful game, uh, controlling your emotions, understanding maybe some flaws again into, you know, how quickly you might be able to like get stuck in like a fixed way well, or I wanna, whatever, I growth really, mindset, fixed mindset. I want to highlight one thing that Nee said. I totally agree. League is at a very emotionally... Absolutely. It takes a toll on you. Yeah. He said something like where he said, it's an emotionally demanding game. Spot on. Over, if you compare with any other game, Overwatch, Counter-Strike, whatever, it's a, an incredibly emotionally demanding, mentally taxing game. Very, very hard. And so this is the thing. Like in order to play a game that is just mentally taxing and emotionally taxing, you got to have a tool, you got to have a great relationship with the game and you got to have the toolkit to be able to, I guess, withstand the heat. And it's not for everyone. And, and this is the thing. And, and this is what I want to clarify. You know, Diamond Plus or Master Plus isn't for everyone. I'm not going to go out here and preach, say everyone should play Diamond Plus. No, no not at all. Not. Of course not. That is not for everyone. You know, it's the same reason why, in a way, um, you know, in a way, theoretically, you could go to the gym and you could get pretty healthy. And this is my main point. You could get pretty healthy and you can get decently strong and you could, like, say, squat like 100 kilos. There's actually no incentive. Like, you could still get a good physique like and really work on your aesthetics and do calisthenics and stuff and actually work on your physique and you don't have to lift that heavy you could theoretically have like this really stock standard workout you could cap yourself out at like a 100 kilo squat like a 80 kilo bench press and you're like fine but there are a lot of people like power lifters that don't even look that big but they they love the obsession about getting stronger like what's theoretically what's the difference between a 220 squat and a 250 mm. kilo squat mm. Like not, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're, if you're in that niche, you're in that powerlifting like thing, that's, oh, that's actually pretty impressive. That's really cool. But if you're outside and you don't really care about that sort of thing, you don't really care about like weightlifting. It's just not a big deal. It's like, it's if not anything, really it's not logical. To it's not logical at all. You're going to injure yourself. And... The injury, you're way more injury prone. You've got to spend a lot more time with your, like your diet, your sleep, your stretching. You've got to spend so much time stretching. Your form needs to be flawless. If you don't, like, if you mess up once, you can like do your back in. Like lifting heavy weights, for example, actually doesn't make sense for a lot of people. And you might say, oh yeah, but they want to get bigger. Yeah, there are some of them, but there's a lot of people that lift heavy weights not to look bigger they're just power lifters and they like to just lift heavy weights that's an, it's like a mastery thing and i think the well, most where the angle niece where niece talked about that you shouldn't ever climb higher unless you're trying to be a pro player or content creation so i guess that's sort of like well, the, this is a different path the right? career aspect but there's plenty of weightlifters that just do it for passion the fun right well there's plenty more angles yeah you're spot on so so niece's main thing was he said you know there's zero incentive to play from diamond and above um, and then he refers to a lot of like esports examples. So the, the was he saying five fire yeah. example and yeah. value. Yeah. Totally agree. Going pro in NA is basically impossible. Not it's impossible, but it's very close to impossible. Correct. Like the chances of going pro are so incredibly slim. Like unless you're not, you have to be incredibly talented, be absolutely obsessed from you a young a step age. Above everyone, like it's not. It doesn't make any logical sense. Mm. And there's some people that have a go at doing it, but mm. for the way NA is structured, they get a lot of imports. It doesn't make sense. I totally agree with Nice on that one. Um, and then for content creation, you know, um, in a way, it does help in terms of getting 
getting merit and getting eyes on you if you're a high Relo player. That makes sense. But I think the entire one other angle that he's missing completely is the mar- the pursuit of mastery. At the end of the day, league for Nisa's clients, for my clients, for your clients, it's a hobby. For 99.9% of people we coach, it's purely a hobby. No one's going to make money off this. No. And we don't play, like a lot of people don't play the game, at least for the people I coach, they don't play the game for the rewards. They don't play the game because they want to go be a streamer. They don't want to play the game because they want to go pro. They want to play the game and get great at the game because it's a hobby they take pride in. It's they the pursuit of mastery and being very, very good at one thing is satisfying. That is what we all have hobbies, whether it's guitar, whether getting it's piano, kilos. getting to 250 kilo squat versus like a 200 kilo squat. None of these things logically make sense and they all require sacrifices. It doesn't matter what route you go down. And it's not going to be very easy. very difficult. And they're all very difficult. You're going from the 0.1% to the 0.05%. No matter what endeavor that is in, that's going to be brutally hard. And in a way, if you're not willing to accept that, spot on. You shouldn't go down that route. If you're not willing to have the process, put in the work, you know, you know, maybe get a little bit of coaching, um, spend time in your process, spend time in your reviews, you're not going to make it. And these people, you know, who do these other endeavors, they agree with that. You know, they do the stretches. They put in the time practicing piano for that next little, that, that they can do that crazy Mozart song or whatever it is. The pursuit of mastery is one of the most valuable things within League of Legends. Yeah, I mean, it's very human as well, isn't it? The pursuit of mastery. 100%. That's so rewarding, isn't it? I couldn't care less about a challenger skin or an icon or a bag. Who gives a fuck, man? Like, it doesn't actually matter. I don't think I've ever been like, yes, I get the challenger icon. The border, yes. The challenger recall. No, no one gives a fuck about the... It's about that 30 minutes. It's about you versus yourself. Of being present in that game, of that high-paced game. There is... there is. I said this, remember we had this conversation once. There's no better feeling than coming out of a game of League of Legends where you've just played to your absolute limit. Mm. You've made some beautiful... You've played beautiful League of Legends. That feeling, for people that are listening, when you've played at your peak, you play your best champ, you knew the matchup... You know, you played with max intensity. You were coming in, rearing to go. You played this game, and like there was shit happening around you. You know, you're Chaos, top raging, you're in some mute. Dying, yeah. You take over the game, and you and you you win that game. Those games are so inc- that like that's what it's all about. Mm. Like those games are what it's all about. Like that's what I play league for. You know, that's what it's all about. And otherwise, if you know. So, but I think, you know, Nice raises a lot of good points about the pros and, and, you know, the pro stuff. Totally agree. If anyone's trying to go high low just because they want to go pro, they got to be incredibly careful. It's a, it can be a giant waste of time. Yeah, I mean, we warn all the time, like, you shouldn't really try to go pro unless you've already, like, made it to at least Master TR or Grandmaster. Exactly. Um, now... In order to actually break down an argument, we got to we got to strongman his argument rather than tearing down his argument. Let's talk about some of the things where where I think he, you know we got to talk about all the negatives of climbing from Diamond Plus. Big one, queue times. Yep, they are definitely longer queue times in Diamond Plus than in Gold and Platinum. Definitely because there's less people high elo. That's just the way the elo MMR system works. There's high queue times. Now let's say one of the things he said was. Um, 15-minute queues. I would love a 15-minute queue That's if that was great the case. For me, dude. 15 minutes. If, if queues were 15 minutes, that would be a beautiful time because think about it. Yeah. You play a game. It's it, By the time you actually refresh... Get re- out of your chair, get some water, get come some back, water, get the review. And then review that game. 
that's perfect. Mm. If anything, that's incredibly convenient. Mm. In a way that people don't get this is that long queue times are actually a can actually be a big positive because they prevent you from just spam clicking play addict. again, yeah. being an addict, play again, play again, play again. I want the fifteen minute queues. I would kill for fifteen minute queue times. I know, so I sit there for thirty five minutes. Thirty minute queues, yeah. But, but I guess you know we can't really put ourselves in the argument here because we we do this for a living. So yeah. let's let's remove us from the yeah. argument here. But um, most of the clients I watch in NA, their queue times like seven, eight, nine, ten minutes. You know, maybe maybe at max fifteen minutes. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's all ample time to do warm ups, to review your previous game, check out your vods from your previous block. There's plenty of things you can do if you really want to take your solo queue seriously. So, I think yes, that is objectively true. Long queue times can be a negative experience based off the way you play the game. If you're a casual and wants to just spam games and don't have a process and don't review. Sure, I can see that as a big negative. But if you're process-oriented, I don't really see the queue times as a big deal at all. And if anything, it's a, it can be a potential blessing to prevent you from spam spamming games. And have an addiction-like behavior to the right, game. Right, and we've covered an episode on addiction because it is a serious thing that you know we had to cover. Um, now, there was also... What else? There was a few things here. Um, I think it's very important that... Um, what was one of the other negatives here I've got... Oh, he's saying how um, a few of them was uh, there's like like you could get it, wait 15 minutes and then jump into a game and then the people can like run it down and then like you have trolls and then it's like you you do get a wait again. Yep, that is a, a negative. That's objectively a negative. That can happen. I've had that before and it is quite annoying. You queue up for 20 minutes, 15 minutes, you get some off rolls, some autofills, or you get some troll who runs it down. Um, and then, yep, that is miserable. That's objectively miserable and there's nothing you can... Those are going to... But that's going to happen in every rank. Yeah. It just so happens that it's exacerbated because the queue times the are queue longer. Times, that's right. And longer. So that's, you know, that's definitely something to consider. But quite honestly, from what I've seen in my clients and my games, it's very rare. It is mm. very rare. Mm. And one thing to note, one thing Neat forgot to mention is that I think that he was talking... He was referencing a lot of his previous games, his cre previous climbs. He's in preseason at the moment, man the queues are objectively longer than they usually are right now because it's preseason. A lot of people are taking a break from the game. I've got a lot of people in my Midland Academy just taking a month or two off from the game. They don't mm. want to really want to play preseason. Yeah. Um, so that's something to note here. You've got to be a little bit careful of. Just just want to make sure we you differentiate. You might skew the data a little bit. It can skew the data a little bit there as well. Um, uh, what else do we have here? Um... Yep, so that's the fifth queue time, 15 minutes. Um, yep, that game will be bad. Oh, so he talks a lot about Smurf queue, and I don't really understand how Smurf queue really is involved in this argument whatsoever. So, Nathan, what is your experience with Smurf queue? Um, like, we've never really spoken about Smurf queue because we don't Smurf really. But, no. but, like, what are your experiences with Smurf queue? Um, and how is it relevant to this argument? <laughs> why Why are you smurfing why is why smurf but I don't get how the, the smurf queue is relevant for diamond plus why you shouldn't play diamond plus I don't get that um, let me think about this one yeah maybe we put that on hold because I don't really get he spoke a little bit about smurf, smurf queue and I think smurf so smurf, smurf queue is a, a bad experience yeah something about how smurf queue is a bad experience and um, well I mean smurf queue doesn't last long I mean it, like you like once you're in like one Smurf queue like gets you to like diamond MMR games, yeah, and then you're like, 
No longer in Smurf queue. Is that right? Yeah. So if, in my experience with clients, when they talk about Smurf queue, what I always tell them is you're not going to be there for long. You're either playing versus players that are higher than you. You're going to get shit on and you're going to lose. Mm. And that's fine. Like the, 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 the system will adjust. Over, like you will lose and your Smurf queue won't last long. If you are the Smurf and you're in Smurf queue, then it probably makes sense for you to verse better quality opponents. And then you are one of the Smurfs and you've got to step up. And regardless, again, you're going to be there max... 20, a couple 30, of weeks. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Maybe you're there for like 30, 40, 50 games, yeah. maybe. Like, yeah, in the grand That's scheme of nothing. things. If you're, it's, you it's, shouldn't be smurfing that often yeah. anyway and only yeah. ever playing a second account to rank up. If you're up. smurfing all the time, then you're just one of those players that just... I, I think smurf queue is a content creator's issue. Yeah. Which is a different... Bo- like, I don't think we touch on that no. because we're talking about the average solo queue player yeah. here. Like, I think I can see for Nice who, you know, he wants to have other accounts to make content on. Like, you know, that is probably an issue that he needs to tackle and... I don't really understand how to yeah, to kind of work around that. But for the average player, that shouldn't be an issue whatsoever because you're only ever playing on one account or maybe you have a second account to learn champs in which whether you're in Smurf queue or not, it doesn't matter because you're not playing to win. You're playing to learn in a way. Um, okay, so one of the other things here, which was interesting is that um, he's saying how, Nice was saying how like he doesn't have time to... He says, quote, um, I don't have time to be high elo, right? You know, he's a busy man, runs like a big, big channel, um, boot camps, all that stuff, right? Um, and I think that that's very important to highlight here because if anyone were making this argument, whether it's Nice, whether it's anyone out there, the first thing I would say is like, it's very difficult to have an opinion of, 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 um, high elo games if you're not consistently playing in them. And I think that I can, I can, you know, really empathize with, with Nice in ways like he, he obviously has a lot of shit to do. He's not he's not going to spend time with his model and his structure. He's not going to spend time grinding on his main and then trying to get high elo. That's not he's, he's not incentivized to do so. So I completely understand that. But because he hasn't spent the time in Master Plus games, GM games, Challenger games in such a long time, he was Challenger X seasons ago, whatever. You know, I think it's hard to really talk about it. Yeah, it's it's you always, it lowers your merit in a way when when talking about this topic because mm. I think. At least from again tying back to my recent clients who have a good relation with the game, they have a great experience it. and they have yeah. the most fun. Mm. So again, this all ties down to I just I think it's pretty clear that we can effectively say there definitely is an incentive. It is there, whether or not that's your cup of tea. That's a different story. There is an incentive, but it's just not you know, and it's not just to be a pro player or to be a um, a content creator. Um, and then the other thing, which was a bit confusing, it'd be good for Nice to clarify maybe was he had, he said barely time to be diamond, which is interesting though, because he, he had like a challenge. He said on that video, he spoke, he spoke about how he got to diamond on EU, um, playing jungle with 110 ping or something. It doesn't take, if you're like a, a good player, it doesn't take long to get diamond. No. Like you get to diamond very, very quickly. Yep. Like he, Nice proved that he, according to his thing, he got to diamond and EU in a relatively short period of time. I think it's pretty reasonable for him to, if he really wanted to to spend time. You get to like 200, 300 LP master as well. Again, in like 100, 200 you, games. You can get there. Re- you can, yeah, you can get if to. You're good if you're good enough, you can get to master plus and like. The system puts you in. Like yeah. After 100, 200 games, the system will figure out what rank you are. It won't take that long to get from Diamond 4 to Master mm. if you really want to get there. It's, it's not that long. And the whole thing, so this is the other thing. Um, he was saying that when you're climbing, so he said he had an account that he hadn't played on in a while. And on this new account, when he got placed, he played this old Diamond 4 account. Um, he said he was placed with a bunch of old accounts as well. And because you're playing with a bunch of old accounts, these people were like, quote unquote, maybe they're not truly Diamond in a way. Like they they were Diamond, 
eight months ago, whatever it was, they're logging on onto this account they haven't played on eight months, and they're straight into this Diamond 4 game. And in a way, this argument is completely debunked instantaneously because they're going to be on the other team as well. So when it comes to trolls, when it comes to do- like all these people running it down, abu- people abusing you, um, people playing on new accounts, the chances that the enemy is going to have them as well is identical as long as you aren't one of them. Mm. So theoretically, because you know you aren't one of them, if you're playing on the ball, you actually have an advantage because they're scattered in within your games. Mm. And I'm not going to say that there are, there are going to be the odd unlucky game where you get one and they don't. But if you're playing a decent amount of games... Statistically speaking, you're not really going to have. That's not going to be an issue. It's a negligible. It's completely negligible. Yeah, I mean that's just the typical victim psychic mindset. You're the center of the universe. It's only you about your experience. It's only you and your experience, and nothing else around that matters. And also, we know that humans tend to focus on the negative way more than the positive. Well, because lot, and we spoke about this before. Negatives emotionally hurt more. Like the the pain, you remember them more. You remember them more. Like our brain remembers negative experiences more than we remember positives. So yeah, you might have those three wins, but as soon as you have those three losses, those three losses in your brain will be a lot more impactful than those three wins. Which again, this is part of our psychology. Why we got to educate people. Once you understand your psychology a little bit more, and you get to understand how your brain works in reference to solitude. And you can kind of develop your own toolkit to wrestle with these ideas. Because it's not easy. It's so easy for us to sit here, come to the little couch and say, guys, have a good process, blah, blah, blah. It's fucking hard. Very difficult. It's, it's, it's so hard to genuinely do a three block and not get addicted to the game, stick to a review process, stick to a small champ pool, um, you know, not smurf and get tempted to smurf get beaten, look at why you got beaten, take responsibility for your games. This stuff, the BBC mantra, it's not easy to do. But in a way, because we all love this game, this is the way, this is how you develop and actually have fun. This is how you get satisfaction out of the game. This is how there would be, in, there is incentives so, to climb past diamonds. Yeah, this is why there is incentives. So in a way, you kind of have two choices. So according to Nisa, so yeah, if, if you are someone who isn't willing, it wants to play the game casually, they just want to play a game where they go in, play for fun, have a beer after work, relax. League's solo queue is not the game for you regardless. Whether it's gold or platinum, mm. <laughs> whether it's diamond, it doesn't fucking matter. League solo queue is not the game for you. Play play COD Zombies, play Diablo, play Fortnite. That, this is not the game for you. But if you want to have a challenging game mentally, emotionally, learn how to control your emotions, learn how to understand your psychology, you know, develop... Learn how to learn. Learn how to learn. Um, you know, develop a growth mindset, this sort of thing. If you're interested in this sort of thing and want to, you know, challenge yourself, League is a great game for that. And which this is a different type of gaming. This isn't casual gaming, and that's completely fine. Not everyone has to do this. This is just one subsection of the community who want to take it seriously. You know, and so I think that it's very important to to have that conversation with yourself. Not everyone is going to do this, and I think that's a much more articulate way of framing it. Give people a little bit more understanding of what's have the option have the option i just think it's a little bit narrow-minded to say or straight up incorrect to say that there is zero incentive um to play past diamond yeah um was there anything else here that we forgot to mention no again i would say again looking at from nisa's perspective for him yeah i mean there actually would be zero incentive for nisa doesn't make sense no but the, the dangerous thing is just the pushing that on everyone else, you know? It's like, what's yeah. going on there? Well, you know what's interesting as well, though? People who've come to the MLA, 
so I've, I've had a gold uh, I've had gold people get to diamond four it's very very rarely they will stop at diamond four because they see the potential they say they're fine when they yeah. go from gold yeah. one to diamond four with a great process they're mm. like wow what's capable what's next look at what's capable now yeah. the game is very different they yeah. never stop at D4 because why stop there's so much ahead of me like the game's just starting in a way it's like now I've got the ropes in a way the analogy I would use is it's kind of like learning to ride a skateboard when you learn to ride a skateboard you know, it takes a long time just to be able to do an ollie. But once you nail the ollie, like it takes like a long, long time for some people. Once you actually nail the ollie, you're like, whoa, whoa. This actually unlocks all of these other things that I can do. I can do it, maybe do a kickflip, heel flip, whatever. I can now do all these like tricks before that. I never would have been able to jump downstairs. It's like a whole new world. But until you've got that fundamental, you learn how to balance, turn, you know, lean back, stop, and then do the ollie. Like that takes a long time for someone who's never ridden a skateboard. Until you get to that point, you won't actually know what's out there. You don't know you don't know what you don't know in a way. But that's what D4 is in a way. D4 is just getting the fundamentals. It's getting the basics, being mechanically competent, having champ mastery, you know, knowing what how the game works at a basic level. Knowing what all the champs do. Knowing what all the champs do. It's really not that, you know, it's it's definitely not easy. But it's incredibly doable, very, very doable, if you, again, care about the game. So I think it's just very important people have a think about it and be a little bit intentional about what, they're, what, sort, of, what sort of experience do they want out of the game, you know? So I think, yeah, no, you know, I think it's important that, um, I think it's good that Nice, in a way, raised certain points here, like the pro player stuff and the content creator stuff, I think there's some great points. But I think some of them are objectively just maybe a little bit off, Um and, and one other thing that I found a little bit confusing, the, the queue time's getting longer. I mean, I don't know what the evidence is to suggest that. I think that right now, objectively, they are longer because it's preseason. preseason. But from what I've seen in my NA clients, it doesn't... I've never really seen mm. that. Mm. I haven't seen that. I haven't heard about that. Um, but I might be wrong again. Um, but again, I think let's just follow the data. If there's data to suggest that, we can maybe look at it. But I think given that he doesn't play in diamond that much, it's really hard for him to really comment about that as well. Mm. I mean, sure, he plays the average diamond game every now and then, but again, he doesn't spend a lot. He doesn't spend hundreds and hundreds of games to really know and yeah. have enough information. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I mean, Will, for example, he complained about his queue times a bit during the season, but I mean, now it's, you know, in the preseason, you know, if you're queuing on a 1,000... But that was like GM, right? 1,200 That wasn't diamond. That was GM. Yeah. Well, Challenger. Challenger, yeah. 1,000 LP. Yeah, well, that makes LP. sense. 1,000 LP. Because a lot of those players who are high, they camp their LP as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I always think about this as well. Like, you know, if, if you know, let's say, you know, high elo starts becoming more and more, you know, it starts declining. It's mm. like, you know, I'm still going to sit in the queue time. And, and then it'll be cool. We could like create our own little community and maybe, you know, it's just pure, just in-houses. I think it also, like or... you said, it depends on the time you play as well. Yeah. You know, might have to alter the time you play. You might That's have to right. try and play at the popular times. Correct. Not play at like 3 a.m., yeah. you know? Yeah, like, I mean, the game's a great game. I mean, I'm always going to play. Even if the queue times were an hour, dude. Find a way. I mean, back in the day, because when I was ranked two, I was sitting in an hour queues, yeah, dude. And I was yeah. chilling, dude. Like, yeah. And yeah, I mean, then, then at that point, it's a different. It, you're, you're at a very different stage, yeah. you know? So I think, again, it's important to differentiate. Like, you know, the average player's experience. They're not going to get an hour queue. At That's max, right. it's going to be 15 minutes, you know? Yeah, unless you're in like top 30 or 40 on your server. Yeah, right? if you're top, top 30 on your server, yeah. All right, moving on. Is there anything else here? Um, did you want to actually debunk some of the, the, the comments in that video? Oh, yeah, it's a great one. So, I, I, you know, I was scrolling through some of the comments of that video, which I found very interesting. And, I, you know, let's just scroll through some of the top ones, okay. you know? Let me just get it up. 
Um, um, here we go. I've got one here. Quincy James. I don't know what this is. I'm just going to read it. If it's useless, we will skip it. Let's yep. just read them out. I've got one here. Various reasons why. No accountability, i.e. multiple accounts easily being created, trolling slash win trading, griefing, never consistently punished. No support for players trying to be serious, players aspiring for excellence to represent NA. Another one is the game becoming so team-oriented, but that's just general trajectory when Tump... Turret plating shutdowns bounties. It's impossible to quote unquote carry. It's a lot of narratives here with yeah, this guy. A yeah. lot, a lot of narratives. Mm. I mean, it, like th- this is the thing I've never understood, and I just still don't to this day. I mean, actually, no, I kind of do. Let me take, take, let me, let me retract that statement. I do understand because again, this guy's obviously had a bunch of painful experiences with getting trolls. He got griefed, ran it down, whatever. What he's doing is it is he's he's using that as ammunition, and because those experiences were so painful for him, he's latched onto those games, and those games weigh way more. Like in in my mind, that that's like a, a hundred kilo plate or some shit, and then like all the other games, every win is like a, a five hundred grams. So for every one troll, it's just going to outweigh it by a hundred times. That's you know. Right. Um, so I feel like that he's weighing, he's really latched onto that, and in a way, it makes him feel better that he's lower rank. Mm. Because if it's trollers and griefers and that's the reason AFKs, why it's like, oh, that's thank the God, re- it's not the actual specifics of my gameplay. It's oh, exactly. It's just and what's funny when you talk to these players, when you actually ask them, do you review your games? The they don't like review, and they play like just they pure they sh- they piss on the craft of League of Legends. That's right. They think they're taking it seriously, these people, but they're not taking it seriously. They they don't review. They spam games. Mm. And then they say, oh, I don't know. No shit, you can't carry. Like, you look at this guy's review. If he's like a mid laner, mm. like, he's the type of guy that would, like, he'll, like, hard shove into a Cassidy and won't freeze into a Cassidy mm. or something with mm. the Shaco jungle. Mm. He's, like, the type of dude that would, like, just constantly hard shove waves, never slow build waves. So mm. it's, like, really basic stuff, mm. but he won't get into the details. So he's, again, he's not, he's, he's just never, you're right. You're not going to carry with the way you're playing because it is possible in a way. But even this ties into the other potential invisible narrative, which is the carry mindset, isn't it? He, he's, he's got to be the 1v9, which is just pushed through streaming culture, league culture. There's either 1v9 or you lose. Yeah. There's no such thing as just sl- like doing your job, identifying your role in the game, identifying win conditions, yeah. and just doing your job, which is going to win you 52% of games. I've got one here saying I've made it to gold one, uh, plat five range previously. I still agree the game is insanely mentally taxing and creates a lot of good or bad feelings. The game makes me want to rage more than any other games. I believe it's more fun to watch than play sometimes. If you try to leave chat on and have productive dialogue, as you said, um, people will just get dumped on. So again, here, you're going to be more inclined to rage if you not get into the details, if you don't review. You're always going to, because it's so easy in League to put the blame on other people 100%, right? It's just just automatically i can't get upset at my teammates when i know the quality of my game i feel sick if i even remotely blame one of my teammates without like looking into the review yeah you know like it actually i feel embarrassed it's like embarrassing it's like until you can actually scrub clean and like look at your review and actually pay attention like because and this is the thing i feel like in nathan it kind of ties into expectation like these players expect that there's going to be like flawless teamwork. Yeah, that. What do they want? What do they, people want? What, some what fairyland. Like, some fairyland. They want the best. They want the game to be easy and a, and a happy, chappy place where everyone's like, no one's competitive and everyone's yeah. just chilling. You know the like, quote here, Curtis. Remember, 
Oh, this is so good as well, by the way. This is pro players we're talking about. Remember when Jono always used to say, right? We had all these problems with the teammates and, mm. you know, people would be like, I hate my teammate because of this and this. Yeah. Jono said everyone wants to other people to change, but not themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's one. Well, he, and I love that That's from Jono because because it's true. Like, apparently everyone's just this perfect individual and all they want is other people to change to make their lives easier. Yeah, everyone mold around them. Yeah. Yeah, you're the center of the universe. Mm. And, and this all ties to the solo queue contract, isn't it? When you finally wrestle with the idea that league is an inherently chaotic environment and that you don't deserve shit, you don't deserve anything, you're just like one little... You're one little minion in the grand scheme of like these games. Like you have this right aren't targeting you. You're not getting favored. You're not getting put down. You're just like this, this. You're in this incredibly chaotic environment. And all you're trying to do is find as much, as many things as possible that are in your control. And this isn't to say that everything is in your control. There's still a lot of things that aren't in your control. You are going to get these griefers. They will happen. But that's just like one little thing. I mean, that's just one thing that's out of your control. Leave it. There's many, many, many things in your control. So before you even remotely get to the things that are out of your control, let's just make sure all of the things that are in your control... You're getting good. You're getting good at those areas. Typically, the funny thing is, is once you do that, and if you get them all down, you're probably instantly grandma stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're already there. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. The people who get that, they climb. And it's yeah. so funny. I want, I want to reiterate this one more time. With a lot of my clients in the MLA, the people that have got it, you know, you get these clients that kind of get your message... And they and 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 like Niall and and you know for these people in the in the MLA they say, Curtis, like I now get where you're coming from when you make your videos and like why you say these things. And it wasn't until I, I realized how much depth it was to the game and how much I could be doing to influence the game. Like I didn't realize what you meant by like taking responsibility and how much influence you have over the game. And then in a way, once that clicks, once the once the things like flicks, the the switch flicks, you're like wow. Like it's a, you're 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 instantly it, you feel embarrassed to even remote like the type of questions you're asking isn't how do I carry this game it's like what do I do with this wave mm. or like your your entire worldview shifts change, but yeah. getting to that point is hard that's the it's hard bit difficult. you can't like once you get it, it's experience easy. it takes a lot of experience a lot of watching a lot higher of players talking to higher players patience a lot of patience test and learn a lot of reviewing a lot of studying it's it's hard to get to but once it, that is that's when you know you're smooth sailing from there i mean it's still hard it's still really really hard but it's you feel in control i mean i feel in control of my solo queue every bloody day dude yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not ever confused why I'm why no. I'm 800, not a thousand. I'm never confused why I'm like, like it's very obvious to me why I'm. There's this player's higher elo than me. There's no cons- grand conspiracy your theory against this you. guy's higher elo than me because he's better than me. Mm. He's better, more consistently than me. Mm. Period. Like it's not it's some grand theory. So this is the other thing that really bamboozles my mind. So the people that these these people complain about griefers and stuff. What does that mean for the people that are high elo? They just don't get griefers, or they're so naturally talented that they can like just carry every game and this all ties to your favorite thing nathan you're either talented or you're shit at the game that's the narrative so if you're talented apparently you, you can overcome these griefers in 1v9 mm. but if you're not talented you can't you it's like a, a way the way i view it is like you have to like it's like a, like you're in the amazon you have to hack your way through all this shit and you just can't get you just get knocked back like it's impossible mm. <laughs> you know like in a way it's one or the other but there's a new path over here where it's like, just get better. You actually get put in the hard work thing, you know, 
you get growth mindset. Cut down some trees, but then camp out a little bit, rest, cut down some trees, maybe screw up. You're going to go backwards a little bit, go back around. Yeah, it's concerning. I mean, the fixed mindset, you know, reading through some of these comments is concerning. And this is what we need to change. There's no respect for gaming. There's no respect for the game. There's no respect for the No respect for the craft. That is the biggest thing. And and look, at the end of the day, you know... um, um, Okay, like, look, I'm going to read this one more, Nathan. Okay. I've been in and out of ranked slash competitive over the years. I love to compete, but dealing with people frustrates me too much. Last season, my hidden rank was way higher than my official rank, but it was still too annoying to see people throw games. Not to mention horrible attitude, flame, and literal inting. Not just having a bad game. I'm 31, and I don't take any shit from some 10-year-olds who don't even understand half the insults they throw around. These days, I just play TFT and ARAMs, but I'm thinking about going back to ranked. I started watching Nisa's videos to get better and get into the competitive mindset. So, this is the scary thing, though. And this is what we got to be a little bit careful of here. So, you know, this guy, 31-year-old dude, he want, you can tell he wants to have a good relationship with the game, but he doesn't know how. He doesn't know how. And this video that Nice has made, and this is no, this is, again, if Nice is watching this, this is not a personal thing. This is just, again, a difference in take. You know, I just think that he needs to be a little bit careful a bit about the message that he's spreading. Rather than... Giving ammunition to people. He's giving people ammunition to blame solo queue rather than take responsibility and pursue mastery. And that's the thing, like these people, they don't have a direction. They want to be competitive. They want to have a great relationship with the game. You know, they want to be competitive, but they're not going to get it from this video. They're, they're just going to want to blame it more and they're going to kind of fall into Demo- that system. They're demotivated. They're demotivated. Like you know, yeah. this guy's not one ever going to go back into... Think, you're, it is, you know, Nisa's pushing the, the trollers, the griefers, you know, that, that sort of thing. It's just so insignificant. Mute all, get better at the game. You won't be there for long. Correct. Because again... Statistically speaking, the trollers and griefers, you're, it's it's the exact same on the other team than it is on your team, unless you are the troller and griefer, period. So yeah, you're going to have to whack through all the, the jungle to get through all that shit, and there are going to be things coming back at you. Get strong, mentally tough. David Goggins, taking souls. You know? You're just going to give up after one game, like some little guy, oh, you know, you failed this game. Poor me. Poor, poor me. me. Poor me. Oh my God, this guy's <laughs> so annoying. No, dude, come on, you're 31. Grow up. Yeah. Mute all. Focus on mastery, get into the review, deal with it, move on. 52% win rate, boom, 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 you know? And it's sad to see. So look, I think Nice has a lot of great stuff. He has a lot of great stuff out there. He's done a lot for the community, but you know, I think he's just a bit off here, you know? And I think he needs to be just a bit careful about the message that he's spreading. Look, I promised my Midland Academy when I talk about this story, here we go. Strap yourself in, Nathan. So I'm strapping in the seatbelt on. Okay, so Timofa... Uh, admin, he's been a long time listener, watcher of the uh, BBC. He's written in a few times, I think. He has, he has been on the show. We've, um, I think we've commented on a few of the things he's he's uh, mentioned. But anyway, he's a you know long term admin, and he helps me out. Um, shout out to my admin team: Shuria, Timofa, Helia, um, Sheena, um, doing God's work. And Raz, can't forget Raz. Um, anyway, so Timofar, one I just day. I comment on the Raz thing. I, I do see you sometimes, Raz, in the chat. I do lurk in Curtis Midland Academy. I am frustrated that you kept asking about the tank Eve, okay? <laughs> but 
There's no hard feelings, okay? <laughs> I understand you want to make something Raz work. Raz is just a hipster, you know. If you want to make the Tank Eve work, join Soul to and we can review some Tank Eve games. Don't encourage him, honestly. I'm no, that's, I mean, we, actually, if you come in, we're not reviewing a single Tank Eve game. That is absolutely ridiculous. That is completely opposite of the exactly. identity. And I don't want to hear from you anymore, exactly. Raz. All right? Tell him off. Um, so, Tim, if I come, you know, we're, we're, I'm chilling. And I look at my Discord and the whole thing's gone. So, the Discord's there, but there's no, like... No one has access to any channels anymore. So everyone's can, banned. Everyone's kicked. Everyone's from the like academy. kicked. Everyone's kicked. Essentially, yeah. And I was like, okay. Did you uh, wake up? Did you wake up? No, I was already up. Oh. And then Just I, everyone lost access. And then you I got went, those DMs. Yeah, I had. I got flooded with DMs, and I went to the admin channel, and Tim was like, oh, I just deleted the MLA role. So this is the role that you get once you become a member of the yeah. Midland Academy. You get assigned this role. Yeah, so and you, you get you access all to the, the channels. So you have five hundred members of these, and. Everyone got removed. The entire role got removed. Mm. So he imploded the entire server. And now um, he had to do it one by one. And with Raz's help, he had to like literally reassign everyone. Mm. And took him a while. And then now it's like an event. Now it's like a, we have like a little, it's like a, a moat or not an emote, like a little picture. And it's kind of like a, a reminder called the, like the Timothy incident and then like the date. And it's kind of like a, you know, like a memorial type thing. It is a memorial. And, and we can't let him forget. And now he's permanently the incompetent admin. He's got like tad incompetent admin. I said admin. he's incompetent, yeah. And um, everyone just keeps memeing about it. Everyone's lost trust in him. No one wants to, everyone's scared of him now. Mm. No one wants to ask him for favors. Everyone's scared he's going to get, you know, ban him. He's lost control. I think it was too much power. Yeah, that's what yeah, happens. Too much power. Yeah. They, they, they get power hungry and they try to take control. And yeah. it was a power move. Yeah. It was a power move. He tries to exert dominance and, um, you know, I, I, I let it slide. Um, because it's Tim and Far, but one more, he's done. I mean, I he's think out. I think you're too slack on in this one. You can actually remove and ban I mean, him. Perma ban. There's no screwing up. If you screw up once in your solo game, insta kicked out of Soul Two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We all um, make mistakes. So it's the Tim of incident. So we're gonna. I, like I got to talk about that. You got to keep him accountable. Yep. If that happens one more time, there will be trouble. It's, it's done. It's done. Um, okay. Now blub. You know oh, Blub? Blub, of course I love right? Blub. Blub, one Blub's of our, a, he's in the book club. He's a book club uh, EU West advocate. Yep, he's in the MLA. Yeah. And uh, we love Blub. He's, he's, he definitely embraced the, the MLA and the BBC mantras, you yep. know, three blocks, process, David Goggins. Growth mindset. Get into the details, growth mindset, right? And he's, he's, he came from the depths, you know, he talked about how he had a rough history with the game. Like he was like a wow addict and all that stuff. Yeah. And he had a very bad, he was toxic as hell. He was toxic. Which his I just friend, can't believe. I can't believe it. He's such a nice dude. Mm. And he's there like, I can imagine just raging on his <laughs> yeah. Screw you. You tilt, you know, just raging, calling people, just yeah. all this stuff. And anyway, he, you know, he obviously reformed, joined the, um, the MLA, loves the BBC, all this stuff. And he did a session with me recently, Nathan. Okay, cool. And um, this is interesting. Mm. So mm. he's been following this process for ages. Like he, mm. he was fully, in a way, fully reformed. And... He says to me, Curtis, I've sinned. Whoa. Um, as soon as the preseason rolled around, I got complacent and mm. I started playing some flex queue with my friends. Oh. And his friends obviously don't have a good relationship with the game, no. don't have a growth mindset. And all they do is to shit talk other people saying, X champ is OP, this item's OP, this guy's trash. Just, just constant, like constant, like he's around these guys for like, you know, probably like a few weeks, two weeks, three weeks, whatever. Just constant, like in Discord calls, 
calling people hard stock, flaming people's win rates, like the whole shebang. Like we're talking like the classic toxic, no process, mm. fixed mindset player. Mm. And these are his friends, right? So he played with them and he, and he thought he could like get away with it. And what he realized is that it rubbed off on him like massively. And he stopped following the process, stopped reviewing games, became really toxic himself. He started abusing people. Wow. He had to remove chat. Like he was literally toxic, like raging at people. Like fully went full 180. Like he went backwards fully. Um, and he, he came to review, said, he said, Curtis, this is, you know, this is hard to talk about. And obviously this is hard to talk about, right? It's, it's, yeah, balls to say that, right? He, he, he was such a big role model. And then he just did a 180 and, he said, Curtis, like, I'm ashamed to say it, but, you know, I, I'm not, I'm, I've, I've kind of digressed. I've, I've gone backwards. And I found this so interesting because you would never think that that would be even possible given how disciplined he was. Like, he was the guy that followed the David Goggins run. He was doing the David Goggins running. He was like the perfect student in a way, right? Yeah. And he was blaming champs, blaming items, blaming teammates, the whole shebang. And so what I said to him, this is a really good lesson that no matter how far you go in anything, you can always go backwards instantaneously. Mm. Like you can always relapse because in a way for him, I think gaming, it, it, it has to, it's either for him, he has to have a very, very good relationship with the game or quit it completely. There's no in between because otherwise he will be an addict mm. because of his experiences using WoW and, as, and, and League as an escape over his years. You know, he can't play the game casually. He has to either be full tryhard and have a great relation with the game or, or just quit gaming. He can't have any other way. And there's a lot of people like this who have abused games, just like we spoke about in the addiction episode. If you abuse alcohol for five years and then you don't touch alcohol for you know three years and then you have one big night, you go out, that can be enough to flick mm. the switch. It's like, mm. I want to do that again. Especially if you're having a bad time at that, that it's so easy to go backwards also the psychology around it as well let's say if you've had like a 300 day streak of no alcohol if you screw it up once right then it's like well i'm back to zero again I'm, it's I like it's it. fine it's like i'll do the next day because I'm, I'm i'm on zero anyway yeah and then the next day happens and the next day then it's only alcoholic again you're there you're back there and it's sad no you know like i i i, I know the other thing as well is that that's actually how powerful community yeah. your friendship group and the, the just the way you the talk and language and listen it's to things social proof it's it's social proof so your friendship group is my favorite quote show me your friends or show your future your friends are actually a such a good indication of where you'll end up yeah there was like that there's that quote the the it's like the product of your five closest people around you, you. are the product of the five you are people. you are the product of the five closest people around you it's spot on you know, that's what our community is so important, the salt in the MLA, even the BBC in a way. It's like you're surrounding yourself with like-minded people who have great relationships with the game. And it's so easy to relapse just like that. So for people out there who, you know, really do want to, you know, take league and have a better relationship with the game and follow a process and, and, and not end up raging and tilting and being miserable all the time, you know, sometimes you are going to either have to have that tough conversation with your friends, link them this shit, or just play other games with them and just stick to league is your game. There's plenty of other games. They're the casual league. They're just casual goal players, you know, platforms, whatever. That's okay. You don't need to play with them. Say, so it's okay. This is my game. I'll play with you another time. Or just play ARAMs. Something like that. Um, and yeah, so I thought that's a very important message to spread. 
and to raise awareness. And I'm sure there's other people out there that are getting negatively influenced yep. by their friendship group and Absolutely. how easy and how much of an effect it can have. It's such a short period of time. Yeah, very, very quick. <clears throat> now, last thing I do want to talk about, because there's so many things I want to talk about here, but I do two things actually quickly. I've been begged on the uh, MLA to talk about my lag experiences when I was a kid. People, okay. people keep saying, Curtis, you've dodged this bullet yeah. over and over and over again. I don't really even want to get into this. I'm embarrassed to even talk about it. TLDR, I'm only going to touch it because for Rugus, you guys roasted me. I was, I had a bad internet when I was a kid, um, when I was a teenager. Um, and Nathan, when I used to play with Nathan, used to hear it all the time. I'm on TeamSpeak with Nathan and I'd be shouting out, my brother, Connor. <laughs> are you downloading? What are you doing? Is anyone downloading? <laughs> like I scream at my, and like I was, it was like my kryptonite. Like lag was, think of, okay, think of I was already a toxic kid and then all you're doing is adding fuel to the flame. Fine, yeah, fuel to the fire. Yeah. Like that's what lag was. It was like the, 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 a whole nother f- form of like a catalyst that just spread my toxicity and made me furious. And lag, because what it was, it was completely out of my control. Mm. And so I would think that it would be fine. It would spike. It would stay at like 160, then go down to 30, yeah. and then stay at 180. It was just a shit show. Yeah. And that was one of the worst experiences for me. And all I'm going to say is that it wasn't pretty. Caused a lot of fires. In the Morgan household. In, in my house, <laughs> as well as yeah. in a lot of situations. So um, no comment after that. Okay? Just to shut you guys up. Um, now, big, 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 big one, Nathan. This is okay. that a complete game changer? Okay. TP changes. Have you seen them? Oh, we talked about this. Like, how can you believe that? Someone was saying, does someone at right listen to the Broken My Concept podcast? Because we literally talked about this a couple episodes ago. Do you remember? I don't remember. You don't remember? No. We talked about how OP uh, we thought Teleport was and how ridiculous it was that we have to review, I have to review some gold games. And there's literally the mid laner TP into a lane. It's a good gank. But it's not because we have to worry about that. That's, that should be a high elo stuff. It's a high, you know? it should be a high elo thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Nathan, this is probably one of the biggest changes in League for a long time. You think this so? This is bigger. Th- I think it this- is. No, it affects pro and high elo play. No. You don't think no. so? No. This affects everything from plat and above. Okay, it does. I mean, I dig and I say I see reviews in gold. It's like, it's like, do I set this as a learning objective to track mid TP? It's like, no, that should be the for last certain thing. champions, it is... It changes your identity completely. So, um, this is from a jungle to clarify, what the, the proposed changes for TP are... Is oh, so, that- you're, so you're talking about... Okay, from, from a jungler's perspective, yeah, I don't think it's that big. It's, if it's a it's good thing. It's significant, but because it's... it's like a less thing on your mental stack. If it's actually a good thing. For junglers, it's a good thing. But for, for mid lane and top, I think well, it's it, taking champions I'll explain a how it could also influence junglers okay. in a sec. Yeah. So to clarify... Riot have proposed on the PBE that TP is going to only be able to, pre-14 minutes, only be able to be used on towers. towers. So no creeps, wards. wards, anything like that that's completely removed. So what this is going to do, it's going to have a cascading effect on solo laners mm. to take Ignite. Mm. So it's going to turn into isolated, like 2v2s, 1v1s. Mm. It's going to be chaos really? in lanes. That's, and, that's interesting. And this is so fascinating because my yeah. Cassio guide, I only use Ignite. And, and, and in a way, I'm already seeing it. It's like Ignite is going to come back big time. In top, it's going to be pure Ignite. 100%. Really? It won't be, no one will take it. Are you serious? You think yeah. it's going to be that big of a it's change? Just, it's, no, it's, no, 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 no. I'll no, guarantee no, 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 you, no, no, no. already in solo queue, in high elo, a lot of top laners, the guy in Oros, many top the Fiora players, Riven players, they never took Darius players. None of them took TP anyway. No, Darius takes flush 
Ghost. Camille takes Ignite TP. Fiora takes Ignite Fiora, TP. And Fiora, I've seen, um, I've never seen a Riven take TP though. Never seen a Riven take TP. They all take Flash Ignite. That's correct, yeah. Um, already we're starting to see, the fact that we're starting to see people value Ignite over Flash is a big sign. These champions are all going to, because they're all going to go to Flash TP or Ghost TP or anything like that. Mid laners send all control mages. They're either going to go Barrier, Heal, Exhaust, or Ignite. No one will take TP. There's actually no point in going TP anymore. So you think that's how big TP was in the first 14 minutes? So I'm going to give you a few examples here. There are champions like Katarina that it completely changes their identity. 180. So Katarina at the moment, the most viable way to climb, this is even what the top guy in in Korea does, is that all they do is non-interact in lane, sit back farm with Q, and wait for a TP lane inside lane. That's what they do. Yep, that makes sense. That can't be done. Katarina is beyond done. Like... Louise, because 14 minutes it's is a, a long, long time. time. The yeah. game's over. Yeah. Well, but it's decided by then. Yeah. So so what's gonna happen is that lane is it's gonna be chaos in, in lanes, solar lanes. No one's gonna take TP in mid, I can basically guarantee Yeah, you. so mid makes no sense, but top they will still take I TP. Guarantee, I I'm I'm ninety eight percent sure that in top you you won't see TP. You won't see TP. And it's gonna kill tanks. I don't I, it's gonna change it's it's such a game changing thing. It'll be interesting. It'll change the, the dynamic tank, of the way the game the map is played. It will actually change the way the map is played. I think what will actually happen is that it will be more isolated 2v2s and less 3v3s such that the supports will even be more more influenced to play for lane. So you'll see more like enchanters rather than like like Leonas and stuff like that because it's going to be isolated 2v2s over and over again because it's not going to get influenced by mid laners as much anymore. Mm. Um, that's what I think anyway. So, so, so I think that... This could have, a ch- it's obviously going to have a huge change on pro play, but in solo queue, it's going to make it more chaotic, I think, in a way. I mean, man. I mean, it's a more or less. Yeah, actually, it's interesting. It's more heavy trading in lane, people playing to, to solo kill, but less chaotic in the sense that there's less TPs to side lanes. Like, TPs are a major chaotic thing. It like, is, that is true. Because it's not something you see coming. Like, you. You can like it's such an extra thing in mental state. Whole nother knowing someone has ignite and you're looking at them in the thing, it's very obvious. You know mm. their kill threat, but a TP plays like I have to look at the other side. I have to check mid priority. Like for a jungler perspective, yeah. it's it's insane. Well, it changes the identity of any champion, like like any champion that wanted to go to the side, like like TP and like pick like clean up, like Galio, Silas. Um, I mean, there's so many. There's so many of the champions that just TP flank or like just come in on a minion and a three, turn it into a skirmish. And then they clean up. That's how they get into the game. Um, so I, I don't know how this is actually going to affect the meta because I think there are so many variables. What I think, the, the way it will work, I think, is that people kind of, they will do this, Nathan. I think this is what will happen. People are going to over-exaggerate the change and be so completely like, okay, mm. now it's full 1v1. Like, mm. I just need to play the solo kill. Mm. Then what's going to happen is that I think... Um, they will continue to die to too many ganks or junglers will realize that the laners are more heavy trading. So the jungle meta will shift to be more gank oriented. That's then, correct. That's exactly what And I mean, then what yeah. will happen because it's constant 2v2s and fights, the the support the supports will actually now default to roam supports like Pike and Bard and stuff. I thought you just said it was enchanted. No, no, hear me out. So then we'll go to that. But then what will happen is that over time, the actual skill set of the laners will evolve. So this is my theory. So then mid laners and top laners will actually be forced to become more acquainted with balancing going for solo kills while surviving. So then it will kind of tone down aggression and then it will turn to three isolated lanes and it'll be like more of like a, 
Like people will just be hard to gank. Maybe they'll alter warding in some way, shape or form. And then like supports will be like super like lane oriented. So there's like, it's like, it would be like an evolution. It will kind of go different directions. That's just one theory. It could go many different directions, but it won't just affect solo laners. It will affect every role. Yeah, well, it will affect the jungle meta. Yeah, I mean, if everyone's like, you know what, dude, I'm, I'm playing Elise and Rexai. I'm loving that, dude. That's yeah, so exciting. It will. Dude. At the start, I guarantee it will be, it'll be Rexai, Elise meta. At least at the beginning. Elise, Jarvan... Uh, I don't know. I, I really don't think it's going to have that much of an impact. I, I think my prediction is top laners still take TP because I think TP is so important to make sure because it's such a long lane. You, if you get if you don't have TP, you can get fucked so hard in top. I feel mid not so much. Okay. So I think I think this change. The first thought was yes, mid laners don't take it anymore. Yep. Great. And I don't think I don't think mid laners should take TP. I think I don't like that. I've never liked top that. lane. Yeah, I mean I could see that as well. It could, it could happen, yeah. Top, it could, but um, we'll see. I mean, neither of us play top, so it's hard for us to really comment, I guess. So. I mean, tanks will have their place in the game, guys. Tanks can be really good in certain comps. Tanks have good kits, dude. Like, Orn has such a good... Dude, I love Orn ult. It's just beautiful, dude. Yeah, but... You know? But it is true, yeah. It is interesting. Mm. It'll be interesting. I, I think it's definitely a huge change. I'm excited to see where it goes, but I my personal opinion is just like, mid laners, no TP yep. anymore. Great, yep. that's it. And then it'll just do more heavy trading in mid lane, more chaotic trades. In which junglers will want to probably influence that lane a lot more, hover around mid lane more. Yeah. So the skill set of actually being able to play around jungle pathing and, and balance, yeah. warding, leaning, playing around will be even more important. Theoretically, yeah. Theoretically. We'll see what happens. Definitely um, a thing that we've got to keep our eye on if it actually goes through. Yeah. Big, big news. Exciting news. Um, BBC Mailbag. Nathan's mailbag. It's called B- Nathan's mailbag, not BBC mailbag. Get, <laughs> get it right, Curtis. Try to steal it away from you. Get it right. <laughs> away we go. Jingle, jingle, jingle song. All righty then. First question here is from Ben. Benny. Benny boy. So this is Ben from Soul 2. This is, this is a Soul 2 member here. Question of this... Sorry, the title of this email is Manipulating Your Jungler? Question mark. Hello, BBC friends. I was recently watching a video of a high-profile OS mid laner. Cough, cough, mid-beast. Where he mentioned something that I found very interesting. In this video, he talked about how sometimes he would ping his enemy's laner's flash when he knew it was up to manipulate his jungler into giving him a gank thus blowing his mid lane is flashing, giving him an advantage. What do you think about this? Is the mid lane just trying to do everything in his power to win, or is this manipulating the jungle into making a potentially subpar play? So apparently he talked about he would ping the flash, even though it's up, he would like, I think, pretend that it's not up just to burn his flash. Is this what? something you've ever thought about? Wait, let me just clarify this. In this video, he talked about how sometimes he would ping his enemy's flash when he knew it was up to manipulate his jungle into giving him a gank and then blowing the flash and giving him an advantage. Okay, that's what he's doing. I've never seen that. You've never seen that? Uh, You've never thought about that? That's, um... That's not good because if I'm a jungler and and someone's telling me there's no flash, I play that differently. Yeah. Like, I play that completely... Imagine if I go in thinking he has flash... That's really bad. That's not that's good. game losing. I that's think. game losing. Yeah. Um, that's. I mean, that's a I mean, very I'm trying to selfish. really again before we 
I'm trying to again trying to empathize with mid beast here before I dismantle. He it. smurfs a lot, so he, does, like, he doesn't it's really like play a smurfing higher, thing. Yeah, you know, I don't think he'll do that in higher. He wouldn't do. It. He'll get fucking destroyed. No, he'll get destroyed dude, if he did that in yeah. high elo. I think. I think it's completely fine to do that if they don't have flash and like you want a gank and then you ping that they have no flash to get a gank. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I think if you want a gank and, and the they have flash, manipulating, just, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit. It's a bit dodgy, isn't it? Yeah. It is. I mean, if I'm the jungler, I'd be angry. Like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? I, I, I wouldn't want to revisit in a way. So, yeah, I'm not... Well, a big... the idea is that he doesn't care. He just wants that one time and just gets that advantage once. Right, yeah. I mean, whenever I read, I hear something like that advice, it's so gimmicky. It's, it's so gimmicky. bullshit, dude. And, like, and it's so, like... The, the, it's, it's so coin flipping. the wrong away. mindset to have. Like, dude. it's very... It, sometimes it might work yeah. and it could lead into an example, yeah. like a favorable situation. But I'm sure there's ample... There's probably a situation so where, where he, he got, dies and then dies and gives doubles or something. Yeah, you know? I mean, again, the Jarvan might just like flash yeah, EQ yeah. or something, right? Or EQ flash and then they flash and like, wait, what? You know, that's going to tilt your jungler. So not a big fan. Not a fan um, of all of that. That's so gimmicky. Seems like a very... Wrong mindset. Yeah, to have. wrong mindset. I mean, if you're coming up with shit like this, dude, you're probably, you're in a hole, dude. Like, that's yeah, the last if thing. If you're thinking about that, <laughs> that's just like a 0.0001. You need to be already incredibly competent in many, many, many yes. areas before you're You'd never, remotely doing that. Would you ever say that to your mid lane coach? I would, never, Curtis? I would never just do that in general. Like, yeah, I would never. never done that and I would never do I will. Ne I will never do that. Correct. I agree. All right, so that's an interesting one. Moving on here. Uh, this comes from Justin, another... This is a former Salta member. This is a Salta episode, Curtis. You had MLA before, now this is back to Salta. Okay, I'm getting Giving a taste of your own, your own medicine, Curtis. Hi, Nathan and Curtis. Also, the title is Emo's Parallel Progression. My name is Justin. I'm currently 22 years old. I was a member of Nathan's Jungle Academy, Salta, for a few months this year before taking a break from League of Legends due to other real-life commitments. However, I still listen to the podcast every week because I feel what is being talked about here can even be applied to things outside of League of Legends. I was even able to follow the three-block process for other things such as solving puzzles and other games such as Super Smash Brothers. So thank you for producing this wonderful content. With that said, I am sending you this email because of something I've learned throughout the start of my career, and that <laughs> is parallel progression. To explain what I mean, I'll give you a practical example. At a job, an employee should start progressing and improving at their line of work, but there are times where one can fall into a slump. Perhaps they ran into a problem at work and a solution has not been found yet. This may lead to stress. However, if you could have another hobby going on in life that you could progress in, that can take away from the stress at work. If a person comes home after a bad day of work and binge watches Netflix, burnout and depression may develop because their progress at work stops. However, however, if, however, if a person were to go work out at the gym or take some sort of extracurricular class, they would at least progress in something else. Parallel progression means having multiple facets of your life progressing. This made me think about League of Legends because I know so many friends that get upset when they go on a losing streak or because they feel they played poorly. They feel their day has been ruined which then leads to those horror stories that we all hear such as thinking the game stinks or is not fun anymore so my question is do you feel parallel progression can also be applied to league of legends if every player in solo queue had a second hobby that they could progress in do you think that would be a more positive energy in the solo queue experience justin i've never heard of this con this concept before have you no no Definitely an interesting concept. I have um, never heard of it. Well, the first thing is that league is not parallel progression, right? So league is definitely a situation where you could 
be improving, but it's not the ranks not going to show. That's right. That's right? my main my main issue with this with league specifically is that it's very hard to to know if you are progressing yeah. in the short term. So like let's say you're at your work, right? Say you're a software engineer and there's like a, an issue, like a coding tech issue. And it's an obvious, it's, it's obvious what it is. It's like this exact line of code, whatever it might be. I'm not a software dude. We can't figure it out. We don't know how to solve this problem. But then in league, it's not, it's very hazy. Even if you know what you're trying to improve on, you might not see the fruits of your labor until a month later. But so, in the programming thing, you could like figure out that specific thing and then fix it. And then that's done. That's and you done. Learned it's to done. Skill. It's moved on. Yeah. 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 So like, I think with this exact concept with parallel learning, I don't think it's overly applicable with a game like league. What I would say though, I mean, I love the idea of it though. I love the idea of, well, wasn't this like what, positive psychology in a way? What you talked about, isn't this your theory with Tyler one? Like why he is, can play as much as he can and why he's like so confident is because he's got the gym aspect yeah. that he progresses in. Yeah, so one of my theories about Tyler One is why he's so he's able to kind of persist in the face of adversity is because he's just an animal in the gym yeah. and he, he's put in the work for many, many years. He and knows what hard work looks like. He knows what hard work looks like and he's able to and like... Adversity and failure. Yeah, he's able to kind of overcome like plateaus and things like that. He's like, he's gone to an insane degree in lifting. Um, so I think that there are probably other hobbies that would do this better if that's what you were looking for. Um, even, but what, you know, a simple one that we do in the MLA is lol dodge game. Mm. A lot of people in the MLA have given me feedback about how great lol dodge game has been for them. And, and a little bit of a tangent here, and this will kind of tie together. I want to talk about um, Alados for a second. Um, Alados, one of the members of the MLA, um, he was a big lol dodge game player. So I'm going to, Read this one out quickly, okay? I was listening to a BBC episode, don't know which one, but I have some findings of my research experiment regarding one sentence you said. Um, so story time. As you know, I've been having great success recently in solo queue. My experience and performance both have greatly increased. Now for the past, I used to limit test a lot, die a lot, and say it was useful, a useful death for my growth. Even Lol Dodge Game represented this by me having sometimes higher scores, but averaging around 1,500 to 2,000 because he was quote-unquote okay with dying for improvement. It's like, in a way, remember we spoke about how dying, you're, you need to be some, people not... People just... People are okay really, with dying, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so this actually translated into his Lol Dodge Game. So he would have some high scores, but he would be... He'd get a lot of low scores because... <coughs> sorry. He was okay with, with dying. And then one of the BBC episodes, we heard her said, he heard her say, even when I limit test, I want to avoid dying. I'm not okay with dying. And he said it was like a, a flip, flipping the switch. I have internalized dying is fine if I had intention behind it. And even in my reviews, I was just ticking off some of my deaths where I had intentions as limit tests. But now I'm, I'm, I'm averaging four to 4.5K in LOL Dodge game because he, but he used to die at 500 to 1,000 a lot because he didn't care about dying. And my solo queue games have never been this much of a flow state and high performance. So in a way... Um, I think you can actually f get a lot more progression and immediate satisfaction or immediate improvement of, of something like a low dodge game because it's such a quick turnaround. Mm. So you just have a score at the end. Yes, a score at the it. end, and it's just boom, it's replicable. Boom, 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 boom. So I think if you actually wanted that very short term period of like parallel learning, I think low dodge game is a great game for it that will simultaneously help you with league. You're getting better at a skill, but also improving at the LOL Dodge game itself. And you actually get to see the improvement by scores. And I've had a lot of people in the MLA, similar stories to this, where LOL Dodge game has not only helped them better mechanically, but helped them be okay with the flow state. Mm. 
and enter in, <clears throat> stay into inside the flow state. So um, I think for what's his name again, Justin. Justin, he might want to look into Lol Dodge game if he does want an immediate li- little thing on the side that can kind of act as that parallel learning. If that makes sense. So my voice is just exploding at the moment. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah, and again, I mean, I think Jim is... I mean, I think Jim is the ultimate... Yeah, but Jim is the ultimate one, yeah. You know, so like, you know, and yeah. there's progress. You get stronger. Your muscles heal. You know, they get stronger. You lift higher weight. It, it's incredible. And it's good for you. It just ticks all the boxes, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so tell the art, I don't think League is great for this. Because of how... I think Justin's identifying that League... He want, he's trying to say, is there something out? Like, there's a thing you could have that has linear... Uh, right. Parallel progression. Um, That's where the low touch game comes into play. Personally. Yeah. Does that answer the question? Interesting concept, though. Definitely makes sense. And I think there's another element of that parallel learning, which would be the positive psychology involved. Like the feeling of actually, like the, the, the probably like the dopamine, I'm assuming, that you get from completing that task because it feels really bad to put in a lot of work into something and not get an end result that's right that's you know just, like imagine yeah, if you started cooking dinner and then right at the end it all just exploded <laughs> like it, it's and you so followed ag- all the instructions it's so aggravating yeah. but when you follow something you, you complete it it just it feels right like it feels like all the work that you put in was worth it and that's where i feel like um yeah, it's just it's tough with league, you know. It because really you could tough. play out of your mind and still lose. That's something you have to accept. Or you could you could kind of play really well and then you know win three games and then the next day just lose playing the exact same. Yeah, win and lose. That's why you always got to zoom out and think bigger picture with league. Yeah. It's really important. Yeah. Next question here is from Lara, coaching younger players. The title of this email. Hello, Nathan and Coach. My name is Lara. I'm from EUS and I'm Diamond Four AD player. At first, thanks for your content. After playing since 2009, I got from silver f- silver to diamond mostly because you're saying that you need to be good in order to become a coach and that you don't want to get coaching from a silver player who barely can use his keyboard. Apparently, that was a quote from me in episode three. <laughs> I think we've come a long way, Nathan. I think we're a lot more articulate now. <laughs> That's a great quote right there. In the BBC history books. Now to my question. You said multiple times that you would give any money to relearn the game since you are like an innocent little baby when starting with the game. It's like the best thing in the world to figure out what characters can do, learn mechanics, etc. I see a lot of younger players having success since they are young and just play with no fear. They truly believe that they are the best set or best Katarina player. I view those players similar to players who start with the game. They should just have fun. Now, is it a good idea to coach them because a coach could take away something very special from them? Or would you approach a session like this in a special way? Would you ever say to a player, I don't recommend you getting coaching since you are just too young and if this is the case, isn't it our responsibility in this case to prevent them hitting a wall at some point? I'm thinking about this a lot because of uh, a lot of this... I'm thinking about this a lot because a lot of this amazing pro players haven't received coaching until they were already high elo and part of a professional team. Thanks for the podcast and all your content. We need more coaches like you instead of those players who just give advice because they are good at the game and think they can coach well. Have a wonderful Christmas and I'll see you on the rift. It's an interesting one. Yeah, it is. It's an interesting question. I mean, it depends like where you're getting at, I guess. Like, Fun is so important to have fun. And I I agree. I think that young players have so much fun that they just skip over every narrative, everything, right? Yeah. They're just having fun, mechanics maxing. Yeah. They have no, no knowledge, but 
once you get to a point, you've got to start, whether it's a coach or whatever. I mean, at the end of the day as well, all these players, remember, they actually are getting coached because they still watch content and they, like 100%, they, they don't just sit there playing slow day. Like they'll watch videos, they watch high-low cat players. Highlight players. Like, high in a way, they're like, they are getting coached aren't they? But they're like coaching yeah. themselves. It's, it's not like an actual formal coaching relationship they have, right? Look, this might run counter to what you... We might have different opinions on this one, Nathan, because yeah. there's, there's two concepts here we've got to keep in mind. Okay. Number one, there is preventing a fire yes. from happening. Yeah. So in the sense that if you were to coach one of these players, you'd be more on the defense kind of preventing big issues forming and bad habits forming, which can be beneficial big time. And that's how a, a lot of example, psychologists like to do. A great example that is for Ishan. Like Ishan, he was building all these good foundations in Platinum, right? Because, I mean, I was working with Ishan since he was Gold 1. And then when he, the moment he hit Diamond, instantly went to Diamond 1 and then went back down to Diamond 4. But then he, he felt pretty easy in Diamond. I think he was in Diamond shorter than he was in Platinum and then hit Master TR because he built that good foundation. That's where I think he's good example yeah, of coaching. Yeah, so that's like you're, you're working before the fires start, start in a way. So he's got yeah. good foundations, great habits, good fundamentals. Though, But I feel like that's a certain personality type. And Potentially. I like Ishan's very receptive to coaching. He's yeah. got, he's, he's, got he's very curious. He's yeah. very open-minded. He has yeah. a growth mindset. Yeah. There are other players that don't really take the game. They're, they're just not like that. That's not their personality. Um, and I think that for certain players, it's actually good not to coach them. I've actually got a guy who messaged me recently. He said, look, I'm relatively new. Um, I've only been playing for like a year. Um, I'm gold one. Should I get coaching? I said, no. What I said was, wait until you plateau. Try your best, mm. see where you get, and then reach out to me when you plateau. Mm. So look, for these guys, what I would say, um, Lara, I would say, wait until they plateau. That, I would say that's you can't really go wrong there. So a lot of these players, they won't even listen to you even if you coach them because they're just riding the high and yeah, they'll, be, they they'll be very hard to teach. Yeah. So most of the time I tell them, wait till you plateau, come by because inevitably they're going to plateau whether it's I a mean, G4, people, G3, G2, G1, they're going to plateau. In the Introduce Myself channel and I have a question when people join the Soul 2, mm. why do you join? Majority say they just get stuck. They come to coaching yeah, exactly. because they get stuck. And, and that's great. They have the, and, and they have motivation then. It's like, I want to mm. get over this. Mm. And I think so to be safe, if you do want a good client or someone that you can actually teach and get results for, it is better to wait until they're plateaued. But like Nathan said, there are the odd rare client where they're very, like they're taking it seriously and they do want to, they, they, they're actively coming into the coaching knowing that they're not plateaued, but they want to instill good habits. Mm. That's a very different person. It does. Mm. So that's, that would be my response, man, for those people. And if, say, let's say, let's say you did though, let's say hypothetically you were just coaching one of these players that is very feel oriented, just having fun, a lot of champ mastery, mechanics max. I would be very, um, what's the word? I would actually be less strict in a way. Yeah, I would actually allow them, 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 let yeah. them be them. And then kind of like only just cover very, like very, very small things here and there. And then at some point when they go on that journey, like their mechanics won't carry them anymore. And then they will get plateau and then they'll start to get very confused. That's where you really come in. Um, so that would be my advice, man. Good question, though. Very good question. Hope you have a lovely Christmas as well, Lara. All right, we'll do one more here. Um, this one here is from Salmon. I swear we've had Salmon before. Have we really? Yeah. Let's take a look. All right, Salmon, it's your lucky day. The, ti- the title of this email is Toxic Mindsets in Competitive Games. 
Hey, Curtis and Nathan, hope you guys are enjoying the holidays. Podcasts are killing it as usual. I wanted to share something I've been thinking about recently regarding League and other competitive games. Recently, I got one of my friends into Tekken 7, which is a 3D fighting game and is incredibly difficult. She also plays League and is of the mindset that League is just a trash game and my teammates always suck, rise a shit company. You know the usual narrative. Yep. After only a day of playing Tekken, she got fed up and started complaining about cheap characters and broken moves. I told her that getting good at Tekken is incredibly hard and takes a lot of time, and also that this game requires you to have a stronger mental than League does. It is more fast-paced and requires you to be mentally resilient to win games and not tilt, much like League. I came to the realization that a lot of the people who shit on League would probably still complain no matter what competitive game they play. This kind of pissed me off of how some people take it so casually and expect to be good. Do you think that competitive games in general breed these kind of narratives or is it just league-specific thing? Great question, man. Great question. Fantastic question. I mean, I think, I think he's hit the nail on the head Yeah. in the sense that these are everywhere. These players are everywhere and they're going to complain everywhere. They'll complain in real life as well. They're, they're the people that complain in real life. They yeah. complain about everything. That's right. Um, and it, it's sad to say, you know, it's again, these people, they need to be pulled out of the hole. They don't realize that they're in the hole. Like, it's I, I empathize with them because... You know, I've been there. We've all kind of been there at some point where you, you're in, you're stuck in this. It's an echo chamber. Your friends are thinking the same thing. You've you've developed this weird view of the game. You can't get yourself out. Um, so yeah, you're spot on. Whether this person moved to Valorant, whether they moved to Counter Strike, Starcraft, whatever, they're gonna they're gonna nitpick it. They're gonna blame the company. They're gonna blame OP shit, and they're gonna be angry. So I think that this person is shitting on the craft of competitive games. They're shitting on the pursuit of mastery. They don't get how in order to get very good at anything, you're going to have to put a lot of time on into it. You're going to have to follow a process and you're going to have to adapt to the environment that you're playing in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you got to figure out what skills you got to develop, but I would bounce back on the whole tech and being tougher mentally. Mm. Um, or even remotely. So I don't think it's even close. I agree. I think Tekken, all those games, the Street Fighter, what are they called? Fighting, Fighting games? Fighting games, yeah. They are hard as hell. Yeah. They are very, very mechanically demanding games. Way more mechanical than Way League. more mechanical than League. But at the same time, um, I because and the reason I, I have this opinion is because Sheena, um, a guy who was in the MLA, admin, longtime client, awesome dude, he got to um, master, and then he he quit league for a period of time. Like he's still around the discord, but he kind of quit league and now he plays a fighting game, but he's still in the MLA and he kind of plays league casually, but more just street fighter. Now I think it was Tekken or street fighter. I can't remember. And he was saying how like street fighter, it's, it's so much easier to improve and even mentally because you don't have teammates. It's all on you. There's no one to blame and you can replicate stuff in practice tool. Mm. You can, the, mm. the practice tools in those games are super sophisticated. Mm. You can literally replicate an exact move. Mm. Just grind it over and over and over so it's again. Memory. So it's like, in a way, imagine in League if you could like take this game state and then put that into practice tool and then play that Baron fight over and over again. Like we don't have League doesn't have a sophisticated practice tool. So in in those games, you can really grind out the skill set, replicate it, and then really like, okay, I want to learn this. I want to learn how to do these combos, and you can set that as a learning objective, and you can isolate it. You could just spend all day in practice tool. And you could get so good mechanically without even having to interact with anyone. So I think that um, because of that exact reason, because you're taking full responsibility, no one else is ruining your game, it's all on you, plus you can replicate skills, by far, 
it's a men- less mentally taxing game, but definitely a more mechanically demanding game. But what I would say to her, the advice I would give your friend, I would say, look, what do you want out of a game? Are you, do you want a casual for fun, just chill, relax game where you don't really want to think that much? Or do you want a very intense, you know, competitive game where you want to like, you know, push yourself, see what you're made of and develop mastery in a specific game? What do you want out of your gaming experience? That's the first, it's kind of very relevant to our discussion today. Mm. And then kind of go back from there. Well, if you're looking for a really serious competitive game, you're going to get, you're going to face adversity, like Nathan said, in every game. The, the, the type of adversity is just going to be slightly different. So you've got to just adapt, recognize that it's going to be bloody hard and enjoy that process. If you don't enjoy that process of learning and getting better at something, then that's just not for you. Go play Diablo, go play Fortnite, whatever. You must enjoy the process, not the game, but the game as well. Like, But that the fun has to come in that. Otherwise, there's so much things you could blame about the well, game. Well, I think it's not fun. even the fun. You have to respect, respect the yeah. craft of the game. And that's, again, I think this is the fourth episode I've said this in a row. The underlying narrative that everyone has is that video games is purely just a fun thing that... There's no respect for putting in hard work. It's just all about talent. Apparently, there's no hard work. You can't actually improve. That's the underlying narrative yep. that everyone has gone into the game. Every, I'm literally talking about everyone. And, and and all it takes is a few hours and you should be all good. That's right. Good to go. A few and hours. And it should always be fun. And if it's not fun, then fuck the company. Yep. They, they're ruining my day. It's, it should be a game. It and it's hilarious fun. because if the game was that easy, no one would play it. That's right. Yeah, and that's the thing be. as well, yeah. No one will play it. That's the thing. That's it's so it's so funny. And these companies just have to suck it up. <laughs> imagine if she... like. So let's compare that to... Play, imagine her playing tennis. I bet you she would never complain if it was tennis. You think she would be like, this game sucks. The rules suck. Why is it when I hit the ball this this much, it goes out of the bounds? Like, she, No one would ever do that. If it was you, just get, you just get memed on in yeah, real life. Yeah, but in, 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 in league, when you say that stuff, again, it's the exact same in my eyes. You get encouraged and, yeah, go you. you got well, the right one of the big topics I want to talk about, Nathan, in not this episode, but a future episode, is social proof. And the book we're reading, Influence in the Book Club, talks a lot about how there's a lot of psychological aspects that influence our behavior, like subconsciously. And one of them is that it's so well, it's it's so prevalent to blame externals in these games. Like everyone does it. So in a way, you know you're safe by doing you're it. You're very safe. Yeah. You're safe. You're, you're not, not going to get, get called cute. out. Like you're you're in the crowd. And there's, there's like you a You can quote. make friends. You can make yeah, you make friends. Where it's like a bonding thing. It's yeah. like, ha this game is so shit, blah, blah. And, and this is the thing. There's a quote in the book that says, I think it's like, 95% of people are followers, 5% of people are initiators. So only 5% of people will actually have the guts or the balls to actually like think outside the box and like, you know, take it, you know, follow that process. Take initiative. Take initiative in terms of like, st- how can I figure this out? Only 5% of people, roughly. I mean, this is obviously like, you know, a, a statistic just pulled out of someone's ass, but like, I, it seemed accurate to me based off what I see in the league community. Yeah. 95% of people are going to be just followers. So whatever the trend is, and we spoke about this through streaming culture, you're very safe psychologically to follow this narrative. It's in, embedded in our DNA, in our genetics to do that, to follow that sort of behavior. Hmm. I guess that goes back to the beginning. I mean, Nice is very safe for saying that. No one disagreed with that. Yeah, Nice can't really, in a way, be proven wrong no. because there is no one else with a big enough audience to, pro- to, to argue against that. Hmm. You're going against the grain immediately. We're outsiders. Everyone, niece is the son. Correct. 
when you get that big, it's you're kind of too big to fail mm. because no one, everyone is only ever listening to you because, and then this is another heuristic. It actually is, think about it from an average viewer's perspective. Why listen to the 3,000... <laughs> Uh, 3,000 subscriber podcast with these two random dudes sitting on a couch from versus from Oz when there's a 250,000 um, subscri uh, subscriber YouTube channel niece because it, according to another part of social, uh, our, the way we work psychology, psychologically is that we it's safe to follow the crowd actually from, from a survival perspective as well. So if we see everyone eating this food in a way, we can be deemed to, to, to assume that that food is safe to eat. But if everyone's watching this and everyone subscribes to this guy, he surely is right. Because and most of the time, that's going to be right. Most of the time, that's going to be correct. But in league, we're in such a misunderstood industry. It's so young. It's so young that you can actually be wrong and have a big audience mm. in on something. I'm not saying, and again, this is a, I'm not saying this is wrong on everything. This on just on that one take. Yeah. We're talking about that one specific take. But it just goes to show, you know, there's a lot of psychological things at play here. And social media is a very interesting, like just new phenomenon that there are many of these psychological things at play that are very still we're still discovering to this day, um, which is very interesting, which we'll talk about on another episode. That's, that's a whole a, that's a preview for one of the next episodes. Yeah, that's, then. A, that's a whole nother bag. All right. Well, if you want to join our book club uh, on Patreon.com/slash Broken by Concepts, you can sign up there and read Influence with us this month in December. Next month's book is Forty Eight Laws of Power by Robert Greene. Good work, everyone. Curtis. Good work. That's the end of our episode today. We'll see you next time.